0: Hey, Real Nerds listeners, your favorite host Ryan here to remind you that social media is great. How great is it? There's many ways you can find the Real Nerds on social media. You can download us on iTunes. You can listen to us streaming on Stitcher Radio. You can call us 720-6Nerds5. Aw, man, our website is so cool. You can visit our website, realnerdspodcast.com. You want to leave some fan mail? Oh, that's so easy, realnerds at gmail.com. Twitter, we got it, at real underscore nerds. You can even like us on Facebook. Thank you so much, and hey, enjoy the show. Hi, this is Jonathan Tierston from The Perfect House and Sleepaway Camp, and you are listening to The Real Nerds Podcast. Welcome to Real Nerds Podcast, unofficially the official podcast of Denver Comic-Con. I am Ryan, with me is fellow movie nerd and great friend.
1: Aw, James.
0: Brad is still knee-deep in production of Jean-Claude Van Damme's Damn Van. Yeah. And um, so he skipped this week again. But I was reading on his post, he said he only has three more days left. Uh-huh. Which is uh, good for him. It's funny, I just seeing how hard he's been working on it and... That it's almost done. That's good for him. Yeah,
1: he's got a lot of shit done on that thing. Yeah. It's crazy.
0: I asked him about the post in it, and he said the post actually isn't too bad. Cool. So, of course, I say that now, and then he's going to run into some problems. And um, <laughs> Sorry, Brad. <laughs> if you're wondering why you're listening to us, hopefully you already know that every week we go see a new movie, and we podcast our experience to the world. This week we went and saw Dawn of the Planet of the Apes and stay tuned.
1: I'm, wow. Good job. Thanks. You got through it on the first try. I
0: know. Usually I, I always make it a point to really space them out because I think while the I think the title is cool, Planet of the Apes, I think the beginning of them are yeah. really clunky. Yeah. They're so, getting real long. Yeah. But it still sounds really cool. Um, so, yeah. So that's what we're going
1: to do. We're going to save that to the end where we spoil the crap out of the movie. It, it would be even worse if they did like a, like a colon name or it was like, Rise of the Planet of the Apes 2, Dawn of a New World. <laughs> yeah.
0: Hopefully I don't do that. <laughs> um,
1: so, I, I, you know, I,
0: I, I'm going to guess what the n- name of the next one is. And 20th Century Fox, if you don't have a name it, you can take this from me. All I ask is for a free movie ticket. Okay. War of the Planet of the Apes. Oh, I
1: like it. I like it. That's uh, pretty good. So stay
0: tuned for the review. We also do the trailer, and we'll also put in a little scene from the movie. Because we're real media, James. We have access to scenes to movies. We do. I really should start putting them up on our website <laughs> so people can see. <laughs> I, I, right. I really want to do that, but I couldn't figure it out how to download it from the website. Yeah, you know, 20th Century Fox, and then save it, and then put it on our website. I don't know how it's to not do that, hard. but I, I couldn't figure out how to. Oh, sure. Yeah, you should. I should, because I want to start doing this week on Real Nerds, and then show everybody what we're seeing. Oh hell yeah, promote it. But anyways. We do a lot of things here. You know, we do comic books. We also talk about movies. We've been watching movie news. What was the number one movie at the box office? Also, we're kind of having fun. We're going to talk about history of the box office. And we're going to talk about movies that come out, have come out in the past during this weekend. And if they meant anything to us at all. <laughs> and so we just have a lot of fun. I hope you guys enjoy it, too. What is really cool, though, is Brad shared with me on our Stitcher listening station. We have tripled our listening audience. So thank wow. you, everybody, Very cool. who is Add us, added us to their subscription or uh, station or whatever they call it on Stitcher. Yeah, all three of them.
1: Mm. Yeah, because oh, yeah. there's only one. Uh, yeah. Before You're taking show?
0: Brad's role this week? I'm sorry. Just just shit on everything we just, do? It was low-hanging hey, fruit, Hey, you know what?
1: Man. I shook Kevin Conroy's hand. Dude, you did? Oh, that was cool. Dude, I rode in an elevator with Edward James almost. Right? Oh, it was so cool. And
0: Kevin Conroy asked me if he sounded okay. <laughs> me. Yeah.
1: That was great. Edward James almost said, it's too bad she won't live. But yeah. then again, who does? Uh, it was cool. Blade Runner. Yep. So, yeah. Um,
0: fuck, I don't know. What do you want to start with this week, James? I'll, get, I'll give you the control.
1: Well, uh, Let's do the little stuff. Let's do like the stats. Actually, I'm going to
0: say something real fast. Sorry. Okay. I just remembered. We were drawn in a comic book this oh, week. Oh,
1: yeah, my God. Oh, that was so cool. Yeah.
0: Uh, Josh, who draws Trashman, is a local comic book artist. Yeah. And he had his hero at a wrestling match. And we were part of the crowd, all three of us. Yeah,
1: it's pretty cool. So, we got, like, the shirts in there yeah. and everything.
0: Like, yeah, it was dope. So we were drawn in an actual comic book, I think. Yeah, that you can buy in
1: a store. You can, you can go to Colorado store. Coins Cards of Comics, and the, he's got it yeah. for sale there. Well, issue, issue four is not out yet, not but yet, when it is. But it will be. Yeah.
0: Uh, so I'll have to pick up that issue and have Josh autograph it for us. Yeah, and, that's uh, too cool, man. Thank you, Josh. It's one of those things where you say, oh, wow, I'm drawn in a comic book. <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, this year alone, I've given George's John T a blu-ray copy of our show that he wanted and yeah. i've been drawn in a comic book i've met kevin conroy yeah i've also met boba fett jeremy bullock yeah i've sat down and one. interviewed a lot of people
1: yeah it's been a really good one
0: i'm about to have a baby
1: my wife is well yeah now you're getting to the actual important yeah. stuff yeah
0: so it's it's been a fun week your brother's getting married my brother's getting married what, a what a, what a what a fun year i know totally so drawn in a comic book check that off the bucket seriously
1: list. Ser- it really is yeah, one like yeah, that's right? really cool man too much
0: that's awesome so i guess we'll start the show i'm sorry james what do you want to start with i just want to give a shout out and pick up trash man at colorado coins cards and comics
1: yeah do it uh let's do the stats movie movie cool. stats this is the box office stats
0: it's transformers again yeah Forty-six million is that right?
1: Uh, actually, Thirty seven. Oh, yeah.
0: that's right. It dropped sixty-four percent. Yeah. Um, yeah. Not that surprising. But well, what is surprising is how shitty those movies are and how many people still see them.
1: Yeah. That blows well, my I, mind. I mean, I understand. No, them. no
0: they're shitty movies, James. Quit, what? Quit well, if we're these if, if we're
1: going to talk about shitty movies, bo- well, I guess none of us saw Tammy, but Tammy still did well. Yeah. Like but 21. it's going to end up making what eighty million. Yeah. Transformers is going to make a
0: billion dollars. Yeah. Those movies are big. Yeah. I don't think it deserves it. Okay, but you know what? That's just me. Yeah, a lot of people worked really hard on that movie. In fact, I I watched a Michael Bay movie this week, uh, and I'll, I'll talk about it. Uh, what we've been watching, so stay tuned for that. But so, uh, the movie uh, we saw, Deliver Us from Evil, was nine million. Uh,
1: maybe? yeah, nine point seven. So almost ten at, at number um, four, which um, which isn't bad for like a little it isn't horror movie. Bad.
0: I mean, they it's not what we expected to do better, uh, yeah. but
1: I think. It's a weird time for a horror movie like that, like the week after a Transformers
0: movie. I also think, too, that I think it's too smart for horror movie fans where it's not your traditional horror movie. A lot of Scott Derrickson movies are not traditional horror. Yeah. So you really have to go in knowing you're actually watching a police procedural that has horror elements in it. Right. You know, it's not just scare factor. And, too, I think maybe the paranormal genre is trying to get burnt out. Yeah. Because so many paranormal activity movies and all that found footage stuff. Right. Not that it's a found footage, but I just
1: think people are starting to I It's mean, at least not a it's at least not a ghost movie. Mm-hmm. You know, 'cause there's been a lot of those with your I don't know if the conjuring is really a ghost movie, but a lot of those that like just in the trailers come mm-hmm. off that way. And this one probably did too. I never I didn't actually see or I, you know I what's funny? I think I saw
0: one, one trailer for it. I don't remember seeing an actual Yeah. I mean, because I, I don't I watch saw, TV like, that often.
1: It was only when the hoot- the hootie owl showed up in that movie that I was mm-hmm. like, "Oh, I did see a trailer for this movie." Oh, yeah, um, yeah.
0: that's the only one I saw was the little teaser. Yeah, because if you remember, the teaser was
1: it was basically actually, that sequence.
0: It was that sequence, but it was cut with a sequence later on where Eric Banda came into her room. Yeah, um, right. And but yeah, that's the trailer. I the only trailer I saw was that. Hoo-hoo-hoo! Yeah,
1: which is not a very good one. <laughs> yeah. Uh,
0: Shot one. Um, well. um, oh,
1: the movie's gorgeous. Yeah. Like, it's worth seeing just for how beautiful it is. But. Yeah,
0: it's one of those movies I'll buy. Yeah. Because I like Scott Derrickson.
1: Um, but you know what This what last weekend used to be? It used to be Big Willy Weekend. Yeah, that's right. So it's, that's when, like, you know, this is when Men in Black and Independence Day and <clears throat> Wild Wild West came out. It's
0: really funny, too, because Will Smith has really slowed down making movies. Oh, yeah. I mean, you're right. There used to be every well, it year. He
1: became, became like a family guy. Yeah. You
0: know? Every year in July, he would put out a new movie. Yeah, as the big Willie and an album
1: to go along with it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so uh, what came
0: out uh, this week?
1: Well, the other one was um, Terminator Two. Came Terminator out. Two. Um, really? Which, yeah. Sh- middle of uh, July. Yeah. Um, well, you know, week twenty-seven of yeah. the year. Week twenty-seven. Um, which is interesting. I, I saw a trailer this week for it was like the original teaser for that one, mm-hmm. um, and it was. The 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 Terminator getting assembled. Have you seen? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That one's yeah. awesome. And what I realize is they don't do trailers like that. Nope. Often anymore, where like it's unique footage that's clearly not from the movie. Just for the where trailer. Where they're just teasing. Like the only one I can actually think of is um, the teaser, the original teaser for Transformers, where they were on they were on Mars and it was just like the text just came up and was like, you know, they told us that the moon that the Mars Moon Lander was lost on whatever but this is what it actually saw and then there was just like a, a shadow of a transformer on on mars and you were like what but like that's the, the last you one know, i can think of the, the
0: the last one i remember is do you remember the original teaser for the dark knight um uh, no it was just a black oh, screen yes where you just Alfred, hear the voice yeah it yeah, was just saying some people want to just see the world burn yeah and that's that's the whole that his monologue was a whole trailer that's true which is yeah. maybe that's pretty close there's another one I'll talk about where we talk about what we've been watching. Oh, okay. Uh, cool. That is trailer is actually that, too. So. Dude. dude, dude. Yeah. yeah.
1: So, it's cool. It's a big week in, in movie history. Yeah. What
0: else we got this going on? What are we doing next?
1: Uh, let's do some DVDs. Cool. DVD releases in Blu-ray. I
0: don't think too much this week, huh?
1: Nah. Uh, unless you're a big fan of Rio, because
0: Rio 2 is out this week. Jonathan Tiersten said it was, all you could see was them just wasting money and putting songs and bright colors on screen
1: yeah that's what i tend to feel about those kids movies as you well know yeah um under the skin which is that scarlett johansson i'm an alien movie uh really interested to see that one i wanted to see it when it was out my wife
0: really loves her so i don't know if it's i might just rent it on amazon hd which it'll probably be unless it's 15 bucks and i'll just buy the blu-ray because for blu-ray probably be 15 bucks yeah
1: uh, season 2 of Orphan Black, which is that BBC show that I didn't think was very good. Everybody uh, else does. Everybody Every else Every time does, I read yeah.
0: great things about it, I think back to your initial review of it.
1: <laughs> yeah. It, In, it feels what, like James, the Bred's trying your, to do American your opinion sci-fi. so
0: high that You've never I, tried I've never it. watched
1: it. <laughs> uh, um, I don't think that's necessarily a good thing, but all right. <laughs> uh, Hell on Wheels Season 3. That's uh, still which, on TV? Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. And Season 3, I didn't like Season 2, but Season 3 was really cool. Um so season 3 is worth checking out like even if you sort of fell off like I did I started I didn't even know it's still on TV three.
0: that's how much I knew to know about yeah.
1: that Um I think they found a way to make that movie not the most expensive thing ever mm. which is what kills most, most western shows Um cuz it really only takes place in a few little sets Um and then uh, season 1 of Black Dynamite the cartoon show is I never is watched that I love the
0: movie though Oh yeah the movie's great
1: The the cartoon show like lost some of the meta Humor, mm-hmm. as I remember, I, I think I only saw like five or six episodes because I'm, I'm getting old and I can't stay up and watch. Adult <laughs> I know, swim Adult anymore. Swim, <laughs> um, Every time I see commercials
0: for it, everyone says, "Hey, have you watched uh, that Morty show? What's the?" Uh,
1: I have no idea. By the
0: guy, I don't know. It's like really popular now. Oh. but I can't I stay up that late I anymore. Just, yeah, I can't. It, I get, about eleven o'clock, I start fading super fast.
1: Dude, I'm falling asleep at like nine thirty. I'm in not that big of a pussy, weeks. but oh, like, yeah, no, I've, I,
0: I, uh, yeah, I'm starting
1: to fade fast.
0: Yeah. Last night, I actually stayed up early because I wanted to play video games, but
1: yeah, I'd like to again. But honestly, a part of it is it gets to be like nine nine thirty, and I'm like, man, my bed sounds good. I <laughs> could just lie in bed and like be comfortable for a while. Yeah, I woke up this morning and like changed my sheets and washed them nice and like made it all oh i'm so excited to go to sleep tonight it's so good i'm getting so fucking old see
0: with me i actually stay up later so i let my wife sleep for a while yeah because she's really uncomfortable right now in her pregnancy yeah and so when she falls asleep she always wakes up at five and then she goes out and sleeps on the couch because she's so uncomfortable she has to put her feet up i don't know i'm not a woman and i'm glad i'm not so when she goes to bed, she went to bed yesterday, like at uh, ten thirty. I knew she had to, no, like eleven. She had to work this morning as a mm-hmm. nurse, and so I actually stayed up till about two playing video games because I wanted her to sleep constantly. Yeah, through the night because I'm a good husband. Good job. Contrary to what people believe, and, that, <laughs> and I'm playing the Stars missions and in Injustice: The Ultimate Edition. It's starting to piss me off <laughs> because you Are get they just, like super hard. Some of them you get to, and they're like damn near impossible to uh, to beat. There's this one with Harley Quinn. Yeah. Where she she's constantly losing power, and you only start with half your power, and you're fighting Catwoman. And the way you regain power is Harley Quinn has this – everybody has, like, a special individual power. Like Batman, if you hit circle, it comes down with a bunch of radio-controlled bats, and he can throw them at you. Huh. Harley Quinn gets a surprise. If it's a picture of the Joker, she gains a little health back. Blah, 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 blah. In this one, you if you hit circle, she regains her health. While she's constantly losing it while you're fighting Catwoman. Yeah. And the animation for her to kiss the picture of Joker is so long that you have to not knock Catwoman back, do this, without Catwoman attacking you. And Catwoman has these moves where she can shoot from one side of the screen to the other because she's so fast. Yeah. And it's so frustrating I skipped
1: it and it's pissing me off. <laughs> so, yeah. So that's what I did uh, last night. Cool. Yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, you want to do – you got a comic? I do. Let's do comics. What's up, nerds? It's the comics corner.
0: I'm pretty sure I mentioned it before, but I have been—I've been reading a lot of comics lately. I got on Batgirl, and that's been lots of fun because yeah. Gail Simone's been writing. Uh, writes it writes it.
1: Did they redesign her? They did. I saw like a, uh, yeah. a cool design for it. I was like, "That's badass." Yeah,
0: they're—they're they're changing the creative team too. Cool. Uh, I was reading an interview with—I forget the guy's name—but he said, "Oh, we're just going to make her more fun." Because the thing with Gail Simone right now is she's—is Bat. Batgirl is going through the motions of, I was handicapped, I'm not anymore, now I'm trying to get my feet back, and all our stories are pretty dark. yeah There's people being murdered, and so they're kind of kind of lighten it up. Not that Sangel's actually her Batgirl's really good, but yeah. uh, it'll be interesting to see and the character design's really cool now.
1: Yeah, she's got like, she's in like a leather jacket rather than yeah. being in like, she's not in, in spandex anymore, yeah. and like, yeah, it, it looks cool.
0: Uh, but the one I'm going to talk about is actually Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Issues three and four, have you read these ones yet? I haven't,
1: I haven't. Oh, I'm they're behind.
0: really, really good. The one thing I love about Christos Gage, and I, I think he actually captures the voice of Buffy so well in his in his books. He did Angel and Faith last year. Yeah. Uh, and in this one, it's the re-re-return of Dracula, mm-hmm. and it's co-written by Nicholas Brandon, who is Xander. And what is really cool is, as I'm reading this, I can actually see... See, I guess, yeah, I guess you read by seeing.
1: <laughs> yeah, right. When I
0: read, I can hear Christos Gage's voice and then Nicholas Brendon's voice as I'm reading it. Yeah. Because I can see... I don't know if it to a casual comic reader they'll pick it up. Right. But in the story, uh, have you read any of the Buffy's? Yeah, oh yeah. Uh, so in, in this year, the vampires, because magic is back, the rules are being rewritten in the big book of vampires. And If you've watched the show, it's the book that Got Giles slams down in the very first episode. says vampire, um, so basically all the rules are being rewritten. That's why vampires now can live in the sun, and so Dracula comes back and he's really upset because he's not the most powerful vampire anymore. And if you've seen the show, that you know va- Dracula is actually kind of an illusion of yeah. being an evil guy, right? Uh, and so he comes back and Xander's in love with Dracula, and uh, it's a really funny book. It actually made me laugh out loud a lot. Uh, but what's great is the dra- you can tell the Dracula and Xander bits are written by Nicholas Brandon because they're the Xander character is spot on, him yeah. like serving Dracula is spot on. And and then when it goes to the exposition of the story and the action, you can see Christos Gage take over and him explain things. It's three and four are really, really good. And there's some great Buffy moments with her and Willow talking about how happy they are to be back. Uh, and i laughed out loud where uh was it was it don i think it was don no it was andrew who said it the first time that xander uh, no dracula went all evil willow and then willow <laughs> said wait that's a trope and then the, and then it was called back the next issue
1: that's awesome. about
0: evil willow so it yep. it was really cool the book is really funny um but the stakes are really high cuz the vampires can't be beaten and dracula ends up stealing the book with xander and he wants to become the all-powerful vampire. And so he's having Xander write what he wants Dracula to be portrayed as. And it backfires. And it's a really cool little story. And I can't wait to pick up the next issue. Cool. And, of course, the art is beautiful. Yeah, uh, Rebecca Isaac's Buffy, I'm so in love with. Um, <laughs> I love George's Buffy, too. But oh, yeah. I love Rebecca Isaac. Just the way she draws. Her lines are so clean. And we also, when we interviewed George's this year, he talked about why Rebecca is so good as an artist. It's because she does all her own inks. Yeah. And you can tell she's a really confident artist. Yeah. And so, yeah, definitely pick up the new Buffy's. And issue three has one of my favorite covers that's come out in a long time. Uh, Xander's on the front and his ears are being covered by Dawn. And Dracula is all, like, menacing up top. It's like... uh, an early 1950s Dracula cover. It's really cool. Um, So pick it up. Go to Coins, Cards, and Comics, and hopefully they still have some. I don't know. Awesome. Last time I was there, I did not see that cover anymore. Um, And I'm pretty sure I only saw one more issue of issue three. So uh, you should definitely pick up the Buffy books. They're really fun. If you're a fan, you have to pick them up.
1: One of my favorite things that George has talked about when we interviewed him was he said that, like, he would love to do a one-shot, like a Buffy one-shot at this point, and have uh, him do the art. And then Rebecca do the, the inks, because he, he was like, she, she is a much better inker than I am, and so I think if you, if you layered the two on top of each other, it would look really cool.
0: What's funny about George's is he's so indifferent about his art, and he doesn't realize that he's so good. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. So it, it's really fun to talk to him about it. So yeah, cool. That's what we should get.
1: Let's do news. Cool. It's real news. There's not a lot of news this week. Not really. Um, So I just picked a couple things that I think are interesting. I want to keep on top of. uh, There was a little bit of. There's some whisperings that Lock and Key is getting another. I I saw that thought of you. so just the fact that anyone is still talking about that makes me happy. Well, I think it is um, because
0: the property is so well-written and so well-developed oh, yeah. that it just screams to it be put on its screen. It's
1: one of those things that, yeah, exactly. Like, every anybody in Hollywood who gets that script on their desk is taking a look at it and going, like, we have to fucking make this thing. <laughs> and then they realize how hard it is. Yeah. Um, but if it's true that, like, Seth Rogen is getting, you know, uh, friggin' Preacher made, then somebody's going to find a way to make Lock and Key. Yeah, uh, I just I hope you can, make a, you can make a a film good. series about
0: them. I mean, the books oh, are yeah. so beginning and end that, yeah. but leaves it open. You can always yeah. make another movie, and I think it'd do really well.
1: I think you could. I think you could make like a trilogy and make like one that just introduces you to the world, and and is just that first trade adventure story. Mm-hmm. And then if it does well, which hopefully it would, then you could tell the rest of the story in two more films, um, and have it be like a really cool badass arc. Um, but I mean, the, the truth is, the right way to do it was a TV show, but obviously mm-hmm. that was or or a miniseries or a
0: miniseries. Um, It'd have to be the right network. It'd have to be like yeah. AMC, FX, or something. Where th- NBC, or I, I guess NBC, but NBC's got some balls. But yeah, they have to because they're the least watched network now. Right. <laughs> right, which is so weird to say because oh, yeah. I'm rewatching the Friends uh, season uh, series. Yeah, and at that time, you couldn't even touch NBC like, no. with them. Seinfeld. Yeah. Uh, Frasier all these huge shows and then they all went away and NBC has never recovered from it.
1: Yep. Yep.
0: Um
1: and then the other thing is that uh so did you see around when E3 happened they had uh they had Brian Brian Michael Bendis out at the Microsoft panel. Mm. Um yeah, so Brian Michael Bendis which now in the in the video game world the ter- the name Brian Michael Ven- Bendis has like this horrible um bad taste in everybody's mouth because he came out at the uh, the Microsoft panel and talked for fucking ever um about Powers. Uh so Microsoft has hired basically picked up Powers and is going to make a TV show that is Microsoft exclusive. Um what was it? Is it Microsoft or was it? Yeah, no, I think it was Microsoft. Um or was or was PlayStation? Now I'm now I'm starting to double guess. Double. Uh, I don't remember reading something on PlayStation. Wonder, but it. anyway, um, so they're gonna make a a Powers TV show, but it's gonna be for console only, basically. It's um, Microsoft. I think it's Microsoft it is. Studios. I think it is, but You're I didn't right. think I watched the whole Microsoft panel. But anyway, I guess I did because <laughs> I remember watching this and being like, "This is embarrassing. Like, why do they have him out there for so long?" because <laughs> um, most of the people in that audience don't give a shit about Powers. It was just not the right audience. Um. But I know they're booing.
0: Give us Ultimate Spider Man.
1: Yeah, right, great. Um, but the uh, I I really like Powers. Have you ever read it? No. Um, the first I've only read the first trade, and it was really cool. Basically, it's like it's like a cop drama in you know a a world where there are superheroes. Um, but it starts off with one of the superheroes gets killed, and the, it's it's like a mystery. They got to figure out who killed Red like Watchman. Um, yes, but way more lighthearted, way mm. more more like NYPD Blue. Um, it, it, I thought it was cool. Um, you know, it's got all that Brian Michael Bendis dialogue in it, uh, which so is it's better to than yeah. What? Huh? <laughs> <laughs> um, and so uh, this week we we started hearing that uh, David Slade might be directing that show, which would be really cool. Yeah, he's a cool director. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know he set the tone for for Hannibal pretty well, um, so it would be cool to have him spin off another show. I think that would be really su- successful because that's also the thing is that. The way that that book is drawn, like it's very – the characters are all very cartoony, but they they use a lot of blacks and try to also make it very noir. Um, And so when they were showing like some of the concept art, I was like, that doesn't look like powers. Like that looks like a very clean – it looks like the wire, which is not really (laughs) what I would want. so Wire. yeah,
0: it's been, it keeps on getting. I keep on seeing on one of the greatest shows of all time, and I still I think of you.
1: Yep, <laughs> dude. I I wish I could get it. I've tried so hard to understand that show. It's probably like I me just, and
0: Breaking Bad. Like, I or I guess Mad Men. No, because more I've at least
1: I've tried to watch Breaking Bad, or I've I've tried to watch War The Wire a few times. <laughs> whereas you've never watched Breaking Bad. Yeah, Mad Men. Um, yeah, yeah. It'd be more like Mad Men. Where you watch Mad Men and go, like, this is fucking boring. And I watch Wire (laughs) and I'm like, this is fucking stupid. (laughs) Hey, Uh, no accounting for taste, right? Right, yeah. Uh, Anyway, I think that's news unless you got anything else. You know, I read a
0: few, like, just quick little things. Like, Episode 7 is almost done with production. Apparently. Uh, They really just need to shoot Harrison Ford. Remember how important it was (laughs) that he was there? Um, so my guess is they wrap production. They're gonna start working on post production. Yeah, and then, then come they go back do some and pick-ups shoot with whatever they. Yeah, to, yeah. people are so stupid. It's not a big deal. I know it's so interesting as long when as Harrison you, Ford's okay. Yeah, that's all I care about. Yeah. You know, as long as they're right. And I'm, who's gonna sit yeah. behind the Millennium Falcon and pilot it? He I doesn't think, need to
1: run around. I think I think part of it was that well, a people want to like spell doom and gloom around. I know. That do movie people
0: want to see this movie get postponed? That's what they want. Well, why?
1: Um, no, they. I, I think that the, the malicious side of it is people want to see bad things happen to this movie just because like they're afraid they they want to when it stinks be able to be like hey, it's because of all the things that went wrong. Mm. Um, the other thing is that there are people and I'm sort of one of them who is all, who are on well what we suspect to be J.J. J. Abrams' side that they probably should have postponed the movie another year to begin with anyway, um, and that they are maybe rushing their way into this, which that to me is if the movie ends up being. Only half as good as it could have been. That'll be the reason why. Not because. But here's Harrison the thing: is, and I'll,
0: I'll be on- completely honest with you. I want people to tell me about a J. J. Abrams' movie.
1: Right. No, I, I agree. Even I something
0: agree. like Joyride, which isn't the best movie, is still pretty clever. Yeah. And lots of fun. Yeah. So. I I, I don't I
1: don't disagree. But he's never worked on something this big, Star this Trek? quickly, this quickly. <laughs> He had a long time on Star Trek, and he pushed Star Trek Into Darkness back. Uh, he like he made Paramount push the date back on that movie. So yeah, this is the but, first time that Disney's asked is, for something to push back. I'm not back. that worried they, about they said, it no. either because how much money Disney's investing in it. I'm I'm not that worried either. I'm just <laughs> saying like that was the other reason yeah. why when when Harrison Ford broke his leg, people were like, oh, they don't, they already don't have enough time. They're gonna be okay. They're gonna be okay, guys. Next
0: year in December, when we're talking about how great it is, yeah, we'll look back and be like, "Ah, see, told you."
1: That's the thing is that yeah, it might be done with principal photography, but there's gonna be a lot of CG in that movie. That yeah, well, have
0: to do. yeah, I mean, they, which is right, fine. Here's the thing: is just like Spider-Man. I remember Spider-Man Three, that last sequence where Sandman was fighting on uh, the construction site. Yeah, they were already working on it before the movie was done. Oh, like yeah, before, yeah, yeah. So I'm sure they already have. Stuff plopped out, and I mean, they're probably working on everything, and now and they just really right. have to insert you're the right. actors. right. They,
1: they got Disney money. Like, whatever <laughs> they need to do, they will go buy whatever they need to buy yeah. to get it done. That's not... So it'll be fun. As long as the script is good, that's the most important thing. Yep, I'm sure it will be. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what have we been watching? Sure. So, uh, yeah, this is the stuff we've been watching.
0: This week I tried so hard to watch all the Star Trek Next Generations. How far did you get I couldn't watch any cuz my wife Fuck. my wife had off Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday and Friday. Oh cool. Because she works 4 days, 4 days on and like 4 days off. Cuz yeah. she's a nurse and they work so many hours. So she will not sit through those movies. Right. Even if I said, "Oh no, they're pretty good." The the, the first one, Voyager becomes self-aware. <laughs> <laughs>
1: oh, James laughs cuz he
0: knows my wife and she it's yeah, just, there's no way she would sit through that.
1: Well, Anna, just when you when you put it that way, I'm like uh, in the first one, uh, the <laughs> Voyager One becomes self-aware. Yeah, nah. yeah. And, you know, you know, the Voyager One just crossed outside <laughs> yeah. of our solar system. It's the first thing man-made to tra- to travel in intergalactic space. That's right. Uh, uh,
0: so I I watched a few things. The Michael Bay movie I watched. I actually watched the first the remake of Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Oh yeah. Uh, because I, I got it on Blu-ray. Like I said last week, they're really hard to find on Blu-ray for some reason. Hmm. Um, I think it's because Warner Brothers does their, like, archives. It's made by New Line, owned by Warner Brothers. So, and this uh,
1: one, this is the one that's just called Texas Chainsaw yeah. Massacre. This, oh, this is the Jessica Biel one? Jessica Biel one. Okay, yeah, yeah. And, you know, surprisingly, it still holds up
0: really well. I think it's shot really well. And for it's the first movie by Michael Bay's Platinum Dunes. Right. And it was really cool. There's a great documentary on it uh, because the f- documentary actually goes through the whole process of him find, uh, founding this company, looking for properties that they can update,
1: hmm.
0: and making them for a minuscule budget, which is kind of funny that Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles now is coming out from Platinum Dooms, and it's probably a $150 million movie. right? But to have them start out, and Michael Bay was talking about it, says, oh, I'm making movies for under $15 million. I want Whew. to take young, exciting filmmakers, and I'm going to put them in these movies. I'm going to take a young and exciting cast, and we're going to make gritty horror movies. And I can, I mean, you have to evolve as a company. I'm not, oh, yeah, I'm not holding yeah. it against them. It's just kind of funny watching it now. But you know, you mentioned the trailer. The original teaser trailer for that was he didn't have a script. And so he took he took a camera and he filmed just sound of this girl running up the stairs and screaming and then a chainsaw. There's nothing on the screen. It's a really effective trailer. And New Line gave him money based on that trailer.
1: That's pretty cool. Yeah.
0: So and it's interesting listening to Michael Bay because, you know, you always hear these stories about how he's a jerk and stuff. Oh, yeah. But when I watch him on sets and I watch interviews with him. He seems like a really cool guy, and he oh, really yeah. just wants to make cool movies. I mean, at the end of the day, I think that's what he wants.
1: Yeah, I I think that he is probably a pretty um, big ego to be around, uh, and that that probably rubs some people the wrong way. Because y- you listen to him talk, and you just can kind of tell, like, yeah, you know. But he's but he's he's, he's kind of yeah, like he's kind of earned his way there. Yeah, and like, like whether you like what he's done or not, like he's done a lot of work and made a lot of money. Um, and not just for him for lots of people right which so really I, I cool. think that when you when you carry yourself that way you're inevitably going to get people talking like he's such a dick oh, <laughs> you're great
0: it was funny in this documentary though he was talking about how he was going to be selfish and directed himself and he says oh you know but it's for young filmmakers and I probably shouldn't be doing it and uh, it'd be interesting to see that a Michael be. Bay horror movie hell yeah uh, maybe he'll make it one day who knows yeah but it, so the, the movie is pretty good it's it's on blu-ray it looks amazing uh because when you shoot a movie that dark and that gruesome, a lot of times if it's not shot well, then it shows up big time on Blu-rays with fuzz and things like that. But this movie, the blacks are really black, and uh, the lighting is amazing, and it doesn't. Uh, and sometimes too on horror movies when they get up converted to Blu-ray, you can see the cheapness in the lighting, yeah, and things like that. But this movie doesn't suffer from that,
1: and it's I think it's pretty scary. Did Platinum hang on to that franchise? Like the other two weren't made by them. Were they? Uh,
0: the beginning was. But the, not, but not, not the 3D. next one was not,
1: not the.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Maybe it was. I don't remember. I just remember seeing Adam Marcus's name in the credits, and I lost all interest in it. That's not very fair, though. No. But I mean, the movie's horrible. But yeah, the when, when I saw the his name, as I knew there was no redeeming qualities for this movie. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, the movie was fun. I also watched Robin Hood Men in Tights, oh, snap. which yeah. I haven't seen in forever, but I still think is so fucking funny. <laughs> I, I, I love Carrie Elways. Yeah. There was a time. In the early 90s, where I was, I'd always watch his movies, whether it was Hot Shots, Princess Bride, and then Robin Hood. And he just plays it, it such a smug Robin, and it's, uh, and the part that actually cracked me up so bad was he, in the in the movie, in Robin Hood, actually follows the adventures of Robin Hood, the uh, Earl Flynn one, really closely. Yeah. But in this one, he, he goes away to fight the Crusades, and he gets captured in Jerusalem. And swims back to England. But, uh, <laughs> anyways, he gets to his castle and his blind servant, uh, Blinken, is there. And he says, uh, he said, I forget what his first line is, but Blinken says, Oh, yeah, your dad's dead. And my mom, and he talks about how her mom, his mom died from the plague. And on and on he says, And my, <laughs> my cat, uh, my goldfish, the cat ate it. And my cat choked on the goldfish. <laughs> just <laughs> totally dumb lines, but I I love those movies. Uh, it's just a really funny movie.
1: Yeah,
0: I haven't seen it in years, but when I was younger, I used to watch it all the time, and I still remember the lines. I still remember the beats of the movie, but I still have lots of fun watching it. Yeah. Uh, so if you haven't seen it, definitely pick it up. And if you hit the Carrie Elway's trilogy, I call it that. Is Princess Bride, Hot Shots, and Robin Hood. Uh, no saw. Just,
1: you wouldn't put saw in there. Uh, the first saw I would. Yeah.
0: Uh, but <laughs> it, it was just lots <laughs> It'd of It'd be fun. a hell of a trilogy. Yeah. It would be a quadrilogy. Uh, it, it was just lots of fun watching it. Cool. I also, uh, the last thing I watched, well, I watched Escape Plan again with Sylvester yeah. Stallone and Schwarzenegger. I still think it's a fun movie. Yeah. Like a callback to old uh, 80s action, and um, Jim Caviezel's really good in it yeah. as a warden. Yeah. Um, you know, <laughs> i just watching it at the end when they're escaping and Arnold rips that routing oh, uh the, the, the gun i forget and he just rips <sighs> he it up and awesome he, one-liner yeah and he mows people down with it because he rips it like out of the voltage of the helicopter oh, yeah it's awesome and then when they're getting away sylvester stallone is shot in the arm and jim caviezel is going to shoot him with another gun and Stallone says throw me a gun and in slow motion arnold throws him this handgun <laughs> and he's hanging from a ladder on a helicopter and he grabs it and he goes boom and he shoots the gun yeah. and it blows oh, up god it's just, like, great so 80s ridiculous. action. Um, so that was fun. And the last thing I watched was Lake Placid. I got the Scream Factory Blu-ray, which I haven't had time to watch the special features. But the movie's still pretty fun. I, It's like a, a creature feature movie. It's, yeah. And I I forgot the dude gets his head bit off. Um,
1: oh, which dude? Remember,
0: the, the, remember, they're going, diving in to find it, and they have the sonar to... Of the sound of baby Crocs. Oh, yeah. And he's pulling oh, it yeah. up and he gets his head been clean off. <laughs> uh, so there's oh. fun parts like that. And the movie is actually pretty funny in some parts. Yeah. It, not a great movie, but it's still fun. Yeah. I mean, there's a huge crocodile that gets trapped in a helicopter. Yes. And surprisingly, the special effects hold up pretty good. Oh, yeah? Pretty good. Huh. Uh, it looks great on Blu-ray. Cool. Um, i. I remember watching it on DVD and it being really kind of mooted, the colors. Yeah, um, I kind
1: of remember the, the CG like at the end with with that whole section mm-hmm. in, the, in the helicopter not looking as good on TV. But that would have been you know on TV. Yeah,
0: but it looks pretty good. I mean, you can tell the difference between the Stan Winston, obviously, right. monster, and the CG one. And it's just because the colors don't match Right. where they haven't figured that quite out yet. Because I think the movie is 98 or 99. Yeah. So they haven't quite figured it out yet, but it still looks pretty good. Um, And, you know, Betty White is always remembered because she's the cussing (laughs) lady in it. It's all right if I call you a cocksucker, right? (laughs) It's pretty funny. Uh, So, yeah, that's what I watched this week. Just a bunch of, hopefully this week my wife works more during the week and I can watch Star Trek.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Seriously, get her out of the house. Yeah, right. Um, Cool. I've just got a couple things to, to run through. Um, so I rewatched the Lego movie this week. Nice. Uh, well, actually, I, I haven't even completely finished it yet because I keep, like, watching it as I fall asleep and seeing, like, 20 minutes and then, you know, falling asleep. Hey, uh, buddy. But, man, that movie <laughs> is amazing. I know. I need uh, to get that one. I haven't gotten it yet. And so wicked smart. Like, <laughs> as, a, as somebody who grew up as such a Lego fan, like, there are little things in there. Uh, here's one that, like, blew me away the other night was I was watching it, and there's, there's a line when they get all the master builders together in that room, right? Mm-hmm. And he's l- listing them off, you know, and and he gets to 2002 NBA All Stars because there was a year where f- they they decided like, oh man, why don't we try to make basketball in Lego? So they went. It, it was the first time they'd ever made black heads, like for really? black people. Yeah, and so they made like a whole bunch of NBA stars, and then you had you had this like basketball court. And these little stands, you could put the, the Lego guy on it, and you'd sort of hold their arms out straight in front of them, and they could hold the basketball, and then you sort of pull back on the little stand that they were on. And it would sort of make the ball catapult across the thing, so you were supposed to be able to sort of play basketball with them. Um, but I just bought them so that I could have blackheads, so that I could have diversity in my <laughs> See, huge room my, full of Legos. Uh, my Spider-Man
0: Dr. Doctor, Doctor Octopus bank-robbing car. Oh, yeah? It has a a catapult on it that Spider-Man, like, shoots out of, and it's pretty cool. Yeah. And Uh, money and jewels and... (laughs) (laughs)
1: Um, But, yeah, so that was one where, when they called back to that, I was like, holy shit, like, (laughs) they even know that those are buried there somewhere. Um, Anyway, uh, I also, um, last week I forgot to talk about the fact that Legend of Korra came back uh, for season three, um, which so far I've seen the first four episodes, and it's been really cool. Um, This season... There are a whole bunch more airbenders all of a sudden because of some things that happened last season and she's traveling around trying to find them and in Is it like a Buffy thing where Kind of Buffy um, puts her essence in everybody. Well yeah, well sort of. Like she released she broke down the bridge between the the like physical world and the spirit world and so now like basically the same yeah, thing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um and so now there's all these airbenders and in the first few episodes, they're dealing with like the well a they're dealing with the um sort of economical disparity inside of this whole kingdom, and then they also you come across the fact that basically all of the airbenders that have popped up inside the air the earth kingdom the queen has been capturing and and enslaving into being in her army um and just like the undertones of what they're talking about and having that kind of, and like they're talking about Is this whether a or not in- show are on during the day. No, it's a prime time like Nickelodeon show. Yeah, that's what I was curious because
0: um, it seems really deep to be a yeah a exactly like
1: it's a show. You know, they're having these conversations about whether or not inscription is like or should be legal, um, or whether or not they, they're having. In the fourth episode, they had convers. They're they're having this conversation about whether or not monarchies even make sense in a modern world, and you're like, holy shit! Like this is for kids. I mean, it's real short. Like they're you yeah know, they'll get from that back into the action and keep the the show moving pretty quickly but the actual issues that they're dealing with are real like interesting mm-hmm. topics um so that's cool uh i also got a chance to watch um the first episode of extent or extant i don't know how you're supposed to pronounce it yeah so it's halle berry it's it's produced by steven spielberg um and it's pretty cool honestly it's like i heard it's really good yeah like it i mean i mean it it feels a little bit tv As all of Steven Spielberg's stuff on TV has. um, Like, I don't think he's yet made a show where I was like, okay, this feels like an Alias or a Mm. Lost or, you know. Do you think that's because Steven Spielberg
0: loves the nostalgia things and he wants to keep the two separate?
1: uh, Honestly, I think it's a budget thing. Mm. Um, I think that Lost had a million dollar pilot episode. Um, Alias, I don't remember what the budget on that one was, but they did a really good job of trying to hide the fact that it was tv 24 is the same way yeah. like 24 oh, was yeah. an expensive ass show um and i think a lot of people are just so you know you you look at all the the um the cable shows and the uh you know your walking deads all your hbo shows like they get enough money that they don't look too tv like the pilot for the walking dead looks amazing oh yeah um and i don't think that any of his sci-fi shows have ever quite looked at that good um, so I think it's a budget thing. Because he makes a lot of them. He throws a lot of stuff at the wall to see what sticks. Yeah. Um, and I don't think he's been that successful over the past five or six years. Hmm. Um, but uh, this one's pretty cool. Uh, so basically, it feels to me like the AI I would have wanted from Steven Spielberg. Yeah.
0: Well, because the, the little boy is the little boy from
1: Looper. Yeah, and he's so. really good. So like at the very least, you should watch the pilot of this show because... The kid who played Sam and Looper is in this movie. Is in the show. Uh, Halle Berry is um, she's like an astronaut. So it, it's set in the future. Um, she's an astronaut who just got back from working on a space station for a while. I don't remember how long she was gone. It was like six months or a year. Like she was gone for a while, um, and she gets back, and so she's trying to adjust back to like being at home because she was alone on the space station, uh, and something weird happened on the space station, and then she also so back home she's got a husband. And her husband is a robot building guy, and he has built an android that basically the idea is you build the android as a child and then the child, the the android over time sort of grows and learns the way that humans do. And so he's basically trying to mimic the way that that humans actually learn how to behave and what Mm -hmm. to do. And so there's this interesting scene where he's trying to get money to fund what he's doing and this board is like, well, what sort of safety methods do you, you, know, uh, do you have in in, fa- in case, like, something goes wrong? Like, you know, basically asking him, like, what would you, like, how would you kill these robots if we made a bunch of them? And he was like, I, I wouldn't. Like, we just wouldn't, you wouldn't mm-hmm. kill your children. I wouldn't kill these robots. And they were like, no, we're not going to do that. Um, so that's what Sam, or the kid who played Sam and Looper, that's what he is. You, and the way they reveal it's pretty cool. Like, you don't know that for... 20 minutes of the pilot or or so and then all of a sudden like they pop open his back and like switch out his batteries and you're like holy shit like (laughs) i wasn't expecting that at all um and there's just some some neat little ideas that they're toying with that they don't dig into a lot like there's a really great scene where uh they're going to that meeting and the little boy stops and and tells his and is having this conversation with his dad and basically tells his dad like but i'm not real and his dad's like no no you are and he's like you can sort of see it in him where he's like, no, man, I'm, I'm super not real. Like, (laughs) why don't you get it? Uh, so I think it's going to be pretty interesting. And I'm, I'm, I'm definitely gonna, uh, try to catch the next few episodes. So is it a mini series or is
0: it going to be like multiple seasons? I'm not sure.
1: I mean, it's a sci-fi show, so it probably will only get one season anyway. (laughs) Um, but, uh, hopefully it'll be a full series. I'm not really sure. Hmm. Uh, honestly, I had sort of forgotten about it until this week and, um, saw it pop up and was like oh I gotta I gotta watch this pilot uh, so I haven't done a lot of research into it but um, hopefully it's gonna stay good I, I think Halle Berry is actually pretty good in it um, not great but pretty good <laughs> she uh, won an Oscar yeah she did great <laughs> what was that for was that for Monster's Ball yeah oh. you make me feel good oh god that's all I can never remember from that
0: I think uh, Keith Ledger was better in Monster's Ball
1: uh, yeah absolutely yeah it's a more interesting character for sure mm-hmm. Uh, her son dies of eating Snickers. Yep. Stupid. Gets run over. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Why are we laughing about it? That's
1: horrible. <laughs> uh, oh, oh, I'm not even done yet. Uh, so the very last thing is, uh, I got a chance. I'd never seen Network before. Uh, mm. so I bought the Blu-ray and watched it. I haven't it. seen it either. Dude, I should lend it to you. Yeah. This movie. Let me watch the other stuff you lend to me first. It's awesome. <laughs> sure. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, this is one of the most interesting and exciting ones that I think I've watched really? so far in in that whole grouping. Um, not my favorite, like not one that I am necessarily going to watch a, a billion times. Like like I would Rebecca. Rebecca, mm-hmm. I would I would watch, you know, in an afternoon. Um, but Network, honestly, as I was watching the movie, what I started realizing was that that movie is both a masterpiece to Very be well with. known. Yeah, like that movie is amazing, um, and also probably probably well before its time. So what it is is uh, it starts uh, – it, it's this news newscaster guy uh, who gets fired at the beginning or gets told he has two more weeks on the job uh, and basically on the air tells the American people, like, two weeks from now I'm just going to kill myself on the air. Um, so have a good night. And, like, it just makes a lot of news. And it's what the movie really is is a satire about news networks and, mm-hmm. and just television programming in general. Um and so they, like, but they see his rating spike because he said this. And at first they're like, you know, we got to, we don't want to do this. Like, this is horrible. Like, you shouldn't have said that. We can't let you back on the air. Um, but then some things happen where, like, the, this corporation is buying the news network. And so the guys who are running the news network are like, well, fuck those guys. Like, why don't we just let this go back guy go back on the air? And the next night he says crazier shit. Hmm. And they keep for For reasons that end up being like funnier and funnier and more outlandish as they go forward, they keep putting him back on the air until basically they give him his own show where he 's like there with a soothsayer and like <laughs> some other crazy so shit it's a comedy 's like oh it well, 's like a satire so' it 's mm. a, a very dark comedy um, and he like it comes out in front of a big paint stained glass window like he 's in church and is basically lecturing hmm. the American people about how horrible what they 're doing and like he comes out there and is like telling them that television is bad for them and it's raised them all the wrong way and that they don't understand the real world and they need to turn off their TVs. And you're like, Holy shit. Like it. And then at the same time, like they keep doing that. And there's the, there's this woman who's, who's like in charge of programming. That is sort of the reason why this keeps happening. Um, and at the same time, she's, there's this really great subplot where, um, how, oh, what was that woman's name who got kidnapped in the seventies and then like robbed a bank with her kidnappers. Um, Oh, man. You know who I'm talking, yeah, about, who talking yeah, about. Yeah, I know you're talking about. So, the name escapes me, though. Yeah, they basically take her story and um, and mimic it in the movie. And so there's this, like, group of communist guerrilla fighters who are running around and, like, robbing banks and, and pulling off all this terrorist activity. And she's actually, like... Um, striking deals with them and, and signing these long paperwork things to create a reality show where they just get the shocking footage from their bank robberies and terrorist activities so that they can make like a dramatized show out of it. Um, And it gets, it gets darker and funnier. There's this really great scene where like they're sitting in this basement uh, and there's these like network lawyers and they're talking over like the, the paperwork for their, um, for their deal to create this show uh, and they're arguing about, like, some minuscule little thing, and this one woman's yelling about it, and all of a sudden the, the like, big terrorist dude in his funny-looking hat like takes out a gun and fires it into the air, and everybody gets quiet, and he's like, you know, uh, he sort of tells everybody to shut up and then says, like, well, we got to resolve this stupid you know, thing, and then, like, references whatever legal paperwork they're talking about. And you're just like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, like, it's the wackiest scene dropped into this movie. Um, but they're making fun of the fact that, like, television was going that way. And it is even more that way as far as I'm concerned now. And if you know, there were times where he he was talking and like inspiring people in the movie, like you should go to your windows. You know, it's the famous scene where he says, like, you need to go to your windows and throw yeah, them open yeah. and throw your head out and say, "I'm mad as hell and I don't want to take it anymore." Yeah. And I was like, dude, I'm mad. Like, this, you're right. It's still stupid. Like, <laughs> nightly news is still bullshit. Um, and uh, and the other really cool thing about this is that. And the reason why I really think it's it's something of a masterpiece is that there is this theme through the whole movie about this idea that the younger generation in the movie at the time um is has been raised on television and really doesn't doesn't relate to the world- re- around them and doesn't really feel like anything is real um and it's it's uh juxtaposed in this relationship between this older guy and this and the younger woman who's the programmer uh and he is written and portrayed like like, a character out of all the President's Men. Like, hmm. he really is is trying to be a very genuine, real character, and she is, s- like, s- as the movie goes forward, becomes more and more crazy and more and more slapsticky uh, and bizarre. And just, like, you slap those two together, and that it helps you realize what, what they're trying to, to draw into view. It's really cool. Hmm. Um, I was really interested in this. And, and I threw it in not really knowing what I was expecting. Sure. Like... I well, yeah, I
0: mean, like everybody knows that scene
1: you're talking about, right. you know, but I thought that was the climax and it's not. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought it was going to be I thought it was going to be more like, you know, um, good night and good luck only at the mm. end. Like the the newscaster just gets angry and is like, you guys need to change stuff. Like, I really thought I was in for more of a all the president's men mm-hmm. real movie. And then as I started realizing, like, no, this is a straight up. satire. It was smart. Cool. Uh, it's a really cool movie. Um, so I got the Blu-ray. I haven't checked out any of the special features or anything yet, but I don't think it's much um oh that's the thing i forgot on the lego movie shame 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 on whoever made that blu-ray because that movie is so good it deserves a a blu-ray menu that doesn't make me feel like i bought it at the walgreens Uh like it's that it's that one where it's like the silver bar at the bottom with the four buttons
0: yeah that's warner brothers is like go-to yeah but it's like a
1: basic menu universal does it too
0: like universals is that like bow, yes, that silver bow. Oh, yes, you know what I mean. Oh, and they man. keep they put them on all of them. It's so bad. Oh, it's funny. You actually uh, saying that reminded me. I watched another movie this week. Oh, oh, yeah? I'll be really quick. Oh yeah, uh, It's it's bulletproof with Adam Sandler and Damon Wayans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I didn't know it was on Blu-ray. I just happened to be at Trademark and it was four ninety-nine. I was like, yeah, fuck it. <laughs> I haven't seen it in years, and it's still actually pretty funny. Except Damon Wayans is not a good actor. No. So it's weird because Adam Sandler's pretty good in it. He's a, He plays a, a con man who's betrayed by Damon Wayans, who's a cop, and, you know, you can see that he's hurt in it, and he's, you know, his acting, and he's talking about how he's betrayed, and Damon Wayans talks like this, and he, the Captain, and it's just so, he's not a good actor. No. <laughs> he, he, he might be funny on Little Bits and In Living Color, but trying to carry a movie? Oh, yeah. No. I can see why that movie never made it, and, you know, James Con's in it. He's pretty good in it.
1: Yeah, he's in a lot of stuff.
0: He is. I had fun watching it. It reminded me of being in high school. That's funny. Because, you know, it came out when I was in high school. <laughs> <laughs> Disney <made. laughs> so, Yeah. Cool. That's yeah. what I saw. Cool. So this week we saw Dawn of the Planet of the Apes. James, should people go see Dawn of the Planet of the Apes?
1: Um, so I wasn't a big fan of Rise of the Planet of the Apes. And oh, that's what I forgot to talk about was I rewatched that this week. Mm-hmm. Um, and I liked it better this time than I think I remember liking it the first time, but still not way into it. Mm-hmm. Um this, though, this movie honestly makes me like Rise of the Planet of the Apes more because it means we got to get here because mm-hmm. this is a really interesting film with some really cool ideas in it. Um, I don't think the CG necessarily always holds up, but the emotion through the characters and through the CG is well worth seeing uh, and really amazing and impressive. Uh, so, yeah, I think people ought to check it out. I think it's really cool. Oh, yeah, I agree. It's another one of my It's one of my favorite movies of the summer.
0: Mm-hmm. Um very smart, yeah. Very clever. Um, I, 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 th- I think. I think visually, it looks amazing. It, it's the best Planet of the Apes movie, ever. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. Here, here's a trailer for Dawn of the Planet of the Apes. We've been through hell together. We spent four years. Four years fighting that virus, and then another four fighting each other. It was chaos. But you you all know what we're up against. I need to speak to Caesar! About giving us the hope to rebuild and reclaim the world we lost. So, right away, we mean we're put in this world where it starts at with paranoia, you know it's. Oh, that the, opening sequence is cool. It is. It starts really quietly, but then you realize a simian flu, which is just kind of a passing in the first one. which you realize it's. What's cool is it kind of gives,
1: an explanation behind the Planet of the Apes, and that, that is more interesting, or at least more modern than because the yeah. original yeah. Planet of the Apes the idea is like, oh well, we nuked each other and then apes took over the planet. Yeah, and that's as simple as it was. Where here, there's this whole yeah, a
0: little bit, and so it takes place ten years later. Mm-hmm. Caesar and all the apes, at the, if you remember at the end of The Rise, they kind of go on the San Francisco wilderness and they set up. And here they've built a town. They're teaching their children. Yeah. Um, they have simple rules. And what's really fascinating is the first 20 minutes of the movie after the opening, I don't think there's a human and no dialogue. It's just monkeys and yeah. apes signing to each other, Yeah, uh, which is really fascinating and be able to hold your interest and they go off on a hunt at the beginning and
1: and it sets up those char- it sets up those cg characters mm-hmm. as genuine characters with like dynamic things to them right so yeah. so caesar not just a monkey who's mad or a wise leader or whatever yeah. like he's also got this relationship with his son that is stressed and this thing going on with his wife and like this interesting relationship with his friend like there's a lot more to it than what we would traditionally expect out of CG or even animal characters. Yeah,
0: and it's it's a movie too that keeps on flip flopping of who you should root for. Yeah, which is really great to me because the one thing in it they do have the typical archetype of the human who thinks all monkeys are bad
1: or because I yeah. should
0: say apes all <laughs> apes are bad.
1: <laughs> who at one point basically like literally says, "I'm the asshole," and yeah. you go. We get it. Yeah. You're the asshole. But
0: what makes his character more interesting later in the movie is it sets up the turn, spoilers, of Koba in the movie. Yeah. Because Koba's able to portray that through that character's own shortcomings and tropes of previous characters we've all seen in every single movie. Yeah. Uh, Matt Reeves, who's the director of Let Me In, which is a super highly underrated horror movie. It's awesome. And Cloverfield is... Right at home in a super big budget action movie. Yeah. But what helps the movie is having him, because even in something like Cloverfield or Let Me In, he has character moments. Yeah. And there's character moments with a CG-created character, Caesar, which I think Caesar looks amazing. I think Maurice looks amazing. Sometimes the background apes yeah. are what kind of bothered me. Exactly. But... The main characters were stunning. Yeah.
1: Oh, dude. Maurice never doesn't look real.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's what I was thinking. Though. There's a part where Koba uh, overthrows Caesar and they're in San Francisco after this war. And Maurice is sitting in that bus. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like looking at his hair. Yeah. And I'm trying to find where it doesn't look real. And I can't find it. Yep. I, and when it's funny, you were talking about as we were leaving.
1: And I think it's the I think it's the red hair versus the black hair. I think black hair is really hard to get shadows right. Yeah, now. I think you're right. And but as we were leaving, you
0: were talking about Jar Jar Binks mm-hmm. and a performance captured person. And to think that was 1999, mm-hmm. made in '98, yeah. released in '99, but 15 years ago. 15 years ago, and where we are now, where you have someone like Andy Circus gets top billing. In a movie, and he is a computer-generated actor. I mean, he's acting in him, and he's just motion-captured. But he's so good in it. I mean, mm-hmm. it is the movie is stunning. Yeah. Uh, his relationship, you know, the humans realize that there's a dam, and that's why they're going up there. So there's a conflict between the two. One guy's scared, and here's a here's a scene from Dawn of the Planet of the Apes. You know, the scary thing about him, they don't need power. Lights, heat, nothing. Hey, pal. That's the advantage. That's what makes them stronger.
1: Malcolm, I'm thinking one of us should stand guard tonight. Wait, what? They took our guns. If they wanted us dead, we'd be dead already. Maybe they're just taking their time. They already killed off
0: half the planet already. Come on. What? You can't honestly blame the apes. Who the hell else am I gonna blame? It was a simian flu. It was a virus created by scientists in a lab. The chimps they were testing on didn't really have a say in the Spare matter. Spear me the hippie dippy bull. You're telling me you will get sick to your stomach at the Saturday? Huh?
1: I think what's really cool about this is that, like, what we realize when you really think about it is that Caesar really is the main character in this movie. He is. And like, which is
0: what I, what I loved about this movie, too, is he, Caesar, as a character plays dumb in front of the apes mm-hmm. but when he's put with the humans and stuff you realize he's smarter than maybe humans mm-hmm. and he's thinks independently just like there's a great moment when uh the the, the what leads a revolt is Koba shoots caesar assassinating him yeah uh, and uh it makes it he sets plants it so it looks like it's a human right um caesar is rescued by the doctor played by carrie russell and uh, Jason Clark's character, and they take him back, and his son comes, Caesar's son, Blue Eyes, comes and talks to him, and he starts signing, and then uh, Blue Eyes starts talking, and you can see that Caesar's shocked because he hasn't talked through the whole movie. He didn't know he could speak that well, mm-hmm. and it's a really fascinating character moment between two CGI characters right. that is moving. I mean, there's parts in this movie where I, like I got glass-eyed. I'm like, oh, wow, this is pretty touching, you yeah. know, when he holds his little baby for the first time, and you realize that, yeah, and it even Caesar s- says in the movie uh, that we're, he realized that human and apes aren't different at
1: all. Yeah, and that that's what's really cool about this is that the the struggle in in the movie is inside of Caesar this idea of, about whether or not he can really trust the humans and and this weakness that he has because he he believes that inherently the apes are safer. Uh, that the apes are not, not necessarily smarter, but better, uh, that they wouldn't do a lot of the things he saw the humans do. And he has to sort of reconcile the idea that that's not entirely true. And, and I, what's, what's interesting, and in you got to that idea that, that he, he is actually smarter than a lot of the apes, um, is the question of whether or not he thinks that because they're not as smart, Mm-hmm. Like, it, does he think that the fact that they're not as smart means that they're a bit more innocent? Mm-hmm. Um, and then, of and course... I think you're right. I think it is. Yeah. Because he can say, apes don't kill apes. Right. But he... he,
0: There's a loss of innocence in him. Huh? I don't know if that's the right word. No, totally. When he realizes, when Koba's pointing that gun at him, yeah, he's like, oh, it doesn't really matter. And I, I did the noble thing where I'm not going to kill him. He challenged me and I forgave him. Mm-hmm. And how does he repay me? He goes and... Pretty terrifying scene when he murders those two guys. I mean, yeah. Kagoba murders them, and what I think why that scene is so effective too is he the, the animation and the the attributes of that chimpanzee is ones we're all familiar with. That you know what right. I mean? Uh, yeah. And to see him grab a gun and just annihilate these people in cold blood, murder oh, to yeah. set up a, a war is fascinating because. Even you, as a moviegoer, are lulled into thinking that they're just animals. You know, they're using spears and they're just throwing rocks or whatever they're doing. Yeah. But when you see him use a gun and you realize that, yeah, these are smart animals and that uh, by underestimating them is a big mistake and it's really fascinating, it asks you as a moviegoer a lot of questions and challenges you as a person because even the end scene where Jason Clark's character meets... Caesar, he says, we have to work this out. And Caesar says, no, the humans will never forgive the apes for this. Mm-hmm. To me, that is such an amazing conflict yeah. going into the next movie, which will be directed by Matt Reeves as well. Because it's, it is. It's because
1: humans by nature don't forgive. And it's... I, I, I think what's what's really cool and smart about this movie is that it's playing with that idea. And it's, you know, the, the apes... I don't even know if it's intentional but it feels this way when the apes start getting violent is when so he feels like they're safe and that they are that they that they're better than the humans and then what he's forgetting is that they they start to revert back to being animals right mm-hmm. so what the movie's doing is drawing out this idea that like we are we are very similar to them in that to them in that way where we're basically just smart animals where a yeah. lot of times we feel like we're safe and then we revert back to being animals and, in uh, that, and that idea is so cool and to have it buried um so subtly in a movie like yeah. this is so much smarter than any of the movies where you're gonna get like you know like this movie makes points about like violence or you know gun ownership or anything like that way better than something that did it on the nose like a you know bowling for columbine or anything like that where people talk about it up front like this movie really brings out those ideas and makes you think about them in a way that's way more interesting and compelling uh than somebody who's straight out saying like like iron giant you know like i love the iron giant but when he says like oh i'm really a gun you're like fuck like a little on the nose, guys. Yeah. Like This really is a smart way of telling and that story. And, you
0: know, you're so right. My favorite scene in the movie, besides all the human emotions and ape emotions, is the humans have this tank. And they come down the street and they're just wasting oh, the, dude, the animals. Shot. And the shot, the camera is on the turret. So it's constantly yeah. spinning around. And Koba jumps on there and he murders all the guys in there. And the turret never stops spinning, and then what happens when that weapon gets into somebody else's hand? Mm-hmm. And you think you're safe, and it's just making a point that you know, you're know you using these weapons of destruction, and you're just giving it to them. And you're... Gary Oldman's character starts a war. I mean, the apes, yeah, the apes are the ones who basically started it, but yeah. who perpetuated Everybody, perpetuate it everybody who... ends up
1: being very guilty.
0: Exactly, because uh, even Gary Oldman's last little bit is, I'm saving the human race by murdering a bunch of innocent people. Right. Or, or apes. Apes, you know. Right. And so it's a really, really fascinating study. And it's a really great movie. You really should see it. Um, I, I can't say enough about why you should see this movie.
1: The score's really good. It's funny, the score... Oh, so that's great. Uh, tracks are all like ape uh, metaphor, or not metaphors, uh puns. Mm-hmm. So they're all named things like the great apescape and mm-hmm. things like that, you know. Um, and so when I saw that listing on there, I was like, "Oh no, he's not phoning." It is on this one, is he? No, no. It's, it's a really, g- it's a good one. It's powerful. Yeah. Um, very well done. And yeah, that oh, that shot with the with the the tank. Yeah. Man. There's it, another one too. It's there's a long another, one. Uh, Oh, there's a long shot. He pulls like a a um, children of men shot when when uh, Malcolm is sneaking back into the house to get the medicine, and then he runs mm-hmm. into the the. The sun. Oh yeah, um, and it's a it's a cool shot with a with like the smoky silhouettes of the apes running in the, mm-hmm. up the stairs in the background. It's really cool, and I love um, too
0: the nuance of Blue Eyes putting up the gun to him, mm-hmm. and then he puts it down, and Jason Clark starts crying. It's it's great, and see only someone like Matt Reeves who understands human emotions. Really, go watch Let Me In. It's yeah. it's it's better than the foreign one. I agree, and he just lets it play. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's. Even when they turn on the power and they're listening to music, he holds on a shot of Caesar riding a horse where Caesar realizes, yeah, it's okay to have power, it's okay to have this stuff, yeah. it's okay to coexist, and I think only someone like him has the balls in a big budget movie in an action movie to put those to keep things those things to each other. emotions in it in check, yeah. and it adds weight to the movie, so it, filmmakers take note
1: and also just oh man, like that how cool is that scene when we're, we're sitting in the car, like that, right after the power, and we, we moved to sit in the car with the asshole, and you know, you know, um, uh, what's his name, Kato? Uh, Koba. Koba is going to show up outside that window. Yeah. And, and when scary. it does, it's, it's like fucking a, terrifying. It's like
0: a horror movie shot. Yeah,
1: it's really good. And what's cool,
0: too, is he didn't use a jump scare. No. He let him be there. Yeah. And he, that one guy did not recognize it right away. And uh-huh. you know, because Koba's a gruesome looking character anyways. Yeah. By what man did to him? Not that it's his fault. Yeah. So it's a really interesting play, and because
1: uh, even he, even that character on its own is a really dynamic and cool villain. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love that scene when he, when when Caesar tells him like, you yeah, know, no, we're gonna let the humans come in here and do their human work, and he's like, he, I'll show you human work. Yeah, he says human work. Yeah, and he's and like he's, pointing all the scars, scars on his, it's on like his like body. A, it's like a lethal like, weapon or jaws shit. scene, but like, oh yeah, totally deep. So cool. So cool.
0: Yeah. Uh, then, so yeah, go out and see it. Next week we're seeing, I don't know. <laughs> What are we seeing next? Week? I don't know. I know sex tape and something else comes no, out. We're not seeing sex tape. Why?
1: We'll watch Snowpiercer before we watch oh, Sex yeah, Tape. yeah,
0: definitely. Uh we haven't done this in a while. I know. I I know there's another movie I think I want to see. I just can't remember what it is.
1: Uh is it Tammy? Do you want to watch yes, Tammy next that's week? that's it.
0: It's not fucking Planes Fire and Rescue. You I'll know, tell you that. You know what's weird is they always talk about, you know, oh maybe it, it, Is it
1: The Purge? You don't, no, want, to don't purge, want to see The Purge. No, I don't want to see The Purge. Well, we're going to go see Snowpiercer next week. <laughs> yeah. Um yeah, that's really all I that's coming I out. Huh? Oh, wish I was here, but I think it's limited, uh, and I'd rather see, see Snowpiercer. Yeah, uh, I think we're gonna probably go to the Alamo and see Snowpiercer next week. Yeah, hopefully. So uh, hopefully it'll still be out. Oh, Lucy's out, isn't it? No, that's the week after that was Her- week Hercules after. Hercules and Lucy. Oh, we'll see. Hercules. We're gonna see Hercules. <laughs> totally. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's an executive decision made. Uh, no, I I actually agree with that one because like I I like Luke Bisson, but um, I want to see an action. I right? well I I think I. I really fucking hate the trailers for Lucy because I hate any trailer that uses the...
0: Humans only use 10% of their brain. But Morgan Freeman says it. Yeah, but (laughs) every
1: human being on the planet knows that's not true anymore. Like You guys made that up for movies. It was never true. Come on. Anyway. so. So, yeah,
0: until next week. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.